I would not want to find myself in that situation. And tando kwa turbulence leo. I would not want to find myself in that situation. But let's hear what y'all are saying in those voice notes. Send your voice notes to Metro FM Talk. 0791914270. Machai. Tsigana. Good evening to you. I hope you had a good weekend. Hey, not bad, man. This whole Komekolula issue mm. is really a concern. <laughs> especially in light of other things which are happening within the country. But why I'm communicating with you is in relation to the studio matter. Oh yes, the numbers, yeah. I was listening to it earlier on 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 one of your sister programs and the CEO maintained that they they are able to to produce a product that is not affected by the employment issues in South Africa which would mean, which would indicate that they have a curriculum which is different to other curricula and how is that machai this is Ntsigana in Deben thanks a lot Ntsigana for that um look it's quite interesting i mean people often will say education is like um you know in trade analysts or sorry not trade analysts like market analysts will often say you know that there are those defensive sectors you know where if an you know if you take like cigarettes for example irrespective of whether or not they you are in a recession people will continue to smoke right and similarly i mean you can't opt out of education because there's no jobs but i think what's interesting for me about the private higher education sector in south africa and what has made it such a defensive sector where even if you you have you know a climate catastrophe they'll still be making money is because our public education system which of course is often the preferred one for many a household even those who come out of the IEB system and private education system often want to go into public universities so they'll either go to any one of the 24 universities that we have or go into you know uh, vocational education uh, technical vocational uh, and other forms of training now you saw it at UJ a few years ago those stampedes that we saw there's people were trying to get into you know the university system the public university system so effectively what people like studio do is to take a very particular layer in the middle and upper middle class and say you don't want to go and uh, stand there in the long queues to try and register at a public university uh, or you want a particular type of program that might not be offered in a traditional university go and get it at one of these studio entities now similarly they also play in the world of professional education So you're a mid-level professional, you decide at some stage of no amba to go and get a diploma or a certificate that effectively will improve your prospects. They fill that marketplace. Now only now are many of the I guess traditional universities trying to capture that same market. I mean you start to see a lot of these programs now short-term courses, six weeks, you know, uh, 3 weekends or whatever. Uh, and I think that's where the likes of Studio have played and will continue to play. Um and I think you see it now with your distance learning offering on Mill Park uh, no longer any contact type. Uh and you can imagine what does what that does for their costs. You're still collecting the fees, but you don't have the massive cost base of having a physical entity uh to be able to uh, conduct your affairs. I mean, 
it's a sad reality, right? Uh, that, um, you know, many of the companies we talk about here effectively are playing in areas where public provisioning um, is either really good, but probably not adequate to the demand, or in some cases is really, really bad. And, and that's why people who have the means vote with their feet to the, public, to the private sector. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess that's it's the kind of situation we, we have to resolve because, you know, if we don't, uh, then you feed in this beast of inequality that often flares up with so much violence and so much disruption and uh, so much anger. We know that people get big mad at us when they can't find us. Heard it's like the time we hosted an event. We said free entry before 9 p.m. and started charging at 8.58. Please accept this sincere Southern apology because we'd rather be canned than cancelled. Introducing the new Savannah Limited Edition can. It's the same crisp, dry taste you love, now in a can. It's dry, but you can drink it. Not for persons under the age of 18. Switch to red and unlock your passion with the free United Rugby Champs rugby jersey. Get the Samsung Galaxy S22 for 1,299 Rand per month on the 600 minutes red Coma voice plan. Plus, get a free Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 eSIM and a free rugby jersey. Available in-store or online. T's and C's apply. Wear a mask. Stay safe. Further together. Vodacom. Hi, my name is Zonabele. If you are a man living with HIV like I am, then MENA for Men for Health is for you. MENA for Men for Health is designed to inspire, support, encourage and empower any man living with HIV to take ownership of their health journey. You can speak to a healthcare worker at your nearest clinic about MENA for Men for Health and they'll provide you with educational information and support networks that will keep you motivated to take care of yourself. Trust me, I know it's possible to live a normal, healthy, and long life with HIV. Find out more on their Facebook page, Mina for Men for Health. This is Metro FM Talk with Ayabonga Tawe. We go straight into our community focus, Kalang Upper Cape, and uh, we start out in uh, Kylie Cha, where a uh, 72-hour plan to search for the gunman responsible for killing five people in Kylie Cha is on. A woman and four men were gunned down on Monday morning in Lovini, uh, in Kylie Cha, and a police spokesperson Novella Potelwa says the motive for the killing is still yet unknown. And uh, one of our friends out in that part of the world. Is reported weekend August Velani Lutiti joins me now on the line to uh, get the latest out of that particular story. Mdagalutiti, Maskwam Gelabok Metro FM talk, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming through, man. Thank you so much for having me, Aya, and good evening to the listeners. Let's maybe start off here. I mean, just give us the background to the story, and we'll come back to that comment by uh, uh, the uh, police and, of course, the manhunt that is underway. Earlier on this morning. Yes, um, so according to residents and what they've told the, the, the local councillor, they mm. said um, men um, entered fish eggs looking for what they were looking for, which I believe it's the people who were gunned down. So they told 
um, this other shack that they must be on the lookout for seven bodies. Um, so they went into one shack and found a man and found a man and then asked for. I think his friends, also there's a couple that was part um, of the shooting that was shot dead. And it's um, two shakes, I think, um, distance around about 10 meters apart, where they took one person, they shot one person and then shot four others in another shack. And this happened around 4 a.m. in the morning. And um, residents, they said, just they just heard hail of bullets and the men fled the scene after the incident. Mm-hmm. And and I guess, I mean, is there a sense or inkling, certainly uh, window also about what this might be linked with? I mean, the police are saying they, they are none the wiser. Um, but is there a sense, I guess, just one on the basis of whether or not there's a connection among the people who've been killed and what that connection might be? At the moment, the identities of the deceased have not been um, okay. revealed and we, we don't know much um, uh, about them. So mm. it's difficult to say what this might be related to. Um, also, the residents were, were, were also shocked and say that um, the area is fairly new. So mm. people there don't really know each other. So it could be maybe people who, who are coming from a different area, um, um, so we're not sure um, that the details at the moment mm. are still scarce, and, and the police also um, are still pumping their heads to try to put their, um, what really happened here. So we're mm. not really, really sure what could be the sure. motive um, behind this killing. You know, you know, this policing issue uh, out in Kailicha in particular. I mean, I remember a few years ago, uh, you know, uh, Advocate Bikoli, and I think it was uh, Justice... Um, Kato Regan, né? Um, they were chairing a commission of inquiry into the relationship between police Nabasali, Kaili. Yes. Um, and I think even after that, I, I certainly haven't gotten a sense from the stories that have come out of Kaili and some of the organizations in that part of the world that I've spoken to, that there's been an improvement firstly in that relationship, but also that there's been an investment in preventative policing. So not only but trying to, I guess, create the basis for the prevention of crime before it even happens? Mm. I mean, if there was improvement um, in relations or between the police and the community, I think in in recent days, I mean, last month, news of Begitkala um, noted a significant reduction in the number of crimes committed mm. and reported to SAPS in the third quarter of 2021-2022. However, Meta remained an exception to this, and so an increase of 89% from the same period in 2020. So, and Harare is one of the police stations that is up there. Um, it's included in the top 10 of police stations um, with the most recorded murder rates. We see also in Delft, same thing is happening um, also in Manenberg. So, Kayelinja, it's it's way too big to be having that small number of police boots on the ground and also police stations. I mean, if you are in Makaza and you have to report a case, yes, now there is a mobile police station in Makaza, but there has been not really an increase in the police force, more boots on the ground. And also with the, I mean, after there was this announcement that there's been a reduction in, in, in crime, we saw statements from the city of Cape Town and Western Province 
I mean, clapping hands for the elite officers, the law mm. enforcement officers, but now whenever there is something like this where people are being murdered down, everyone keeps quiet. There's been no outcry from civil society, from churches, from government also. So it's life as normal. And I think that is something um, which speaks to the kind of people that were killed. I mean, we know if something like this would happen in Constantia, I'm telling you right now, there will be boots on the ground, there will be something happening, but because it seems like it's a daily thing, it's a daily occurrence. So when I was speaking to residents, they were like, we're not shocked that um, people were dead, were shot dead here. We're just shocked at the number of them because every day here there's a body dumped. Um, if you remember also, um, there was a story um, almost every week of a body being dumped in Monobisi, closer to that area. Mm. And what is being done? There is no plan to actually try to tackle that. And also, as you mentioned, the relationship between the committees and police. And the deputy minister of police is currently in Cape Town. Um, he, was, he was speaking to committees in Kukulet and Manenberg, trying to build those relations. But we know it's difficult. Mm. Even the CPF has a, I wouldn't say, good relationship with the police because they even scared for their lives when they give information. It ends up with the same criminals. So yeah. it's a difficult situation, and if there is no political will, we will see this happening. Mm. It starts at the top yeah. before it goes to the ground, because the mo- what we see in the police, it's the mood mm. that is created by the top leadership sure. Um, sure. in the police force. Velani Lutid, thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us, man. We'll have to leave it there. Thank you so much for having me. Ngozga Velani Lutiti, yeah, joining us uh, all the way there from uh, uh, Cape Town. He's a reporter at the weekend, Argus. And uh, I think he's right uh, that, um, you know, before we even think about, I guess, uh, the outcome or spillover of this in the loss of life, in uh, in what on the preventative side uh, from a law enforcement and policing uh, perspective is happening? Ngakumbi Ekailicha. And in other parts, of course, of uh, that neck of the woods. And uh, I think it's very, very concerning. Uh, so, yeah, let's take this brief break. Uh, when we come back, we'll head out to Guatemala. And then thereafter, uh, we check in uh, with the latest coming out of the gold uh, sector. And uh, I'm going to be speaking to the president of the National Union of Mi- Mine Workers, Joseph Montesetz, is going to be my guest for our Shop Stewards Corner. Mm-hmm.